0: Good evening and welcome, dear Christian friends. We welcome you all to worship this day, Uh, those who are here with us in the building, those who are gathered online. For those of you who are online, we invite you to go to the website where you can uh, download the bulletin and you can also give your offering to the Lord there. A few announcements for today. Uh, Tomorrow morning, uh, the Chapel Life team has invited Christy Hofferberg to speak Um, uh, regarding the value of life. So this will be a special special presentation that will happen during the Bible study hour tomorrow at 9.15. So those who are worshiping tonight, we invite you to come back tomorrow morning at 9.15 to be part of that special presentation. And uh, one time a year, at the beginning of September, we have a special envelope in the offering box titled Scholarship. So someone asked recently, what kind of scholarship is this? That's a good question. So uh, the Chapel of the Cross gives scholarships for all of our children who attend Lutheran elementary, middle, and high schools. We also give scholarships to chapel students who are uh, studying for a church work degree at a college and for chapel member seminary students who are studying to become pastors. So when you give an offering in in the scholarship envelope, That money is directed toward the commitment that we make to Christian education and to the students and families specifically pursuing Lutheran education. For any who want to give that way, we thank you very much for doing so. And one last item, uh, and this is for tonight only, you received a little survey um, regarding Christmas Day. Christmas Day lands on a Saturday this year, um, and so as is our custom, we will have Christmas Day morning worship at 10 a.m. But the elders would like to ask you uh, whether we should forego the regular Saturday 5 p.m. worship service on Christmas Day or whether you would like to continue having that service just on Christmas Day, right? Does that make sense, what what you're considering here? We will have Christmas morning. The question is, do you want uh, Saturday evening service on Christmas Day? For that particular weekend. So uh, fill out that survey and hand it to the usher as you leave tonight. May God bless you as we worship today. We begin by singing our opening hymn together Open Now Thy Gates of Beauty, 901 in Lutheran Service Book.
1: Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sins the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Jesus Christ. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by His death on the cross and freed us from death by His resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. Amen. We, continue hymn, Psalm, we continue by singing Psalm. We continue by singing Song 822 in the hymn book. Mmm. Be with you. you. Let us pray. God of love, in his ministry, your son, Jesus, put the needs of others ahead of his own. Keep us from thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought, and help us to mirror Christ's love that seeks the good of others. Through the same Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading today is from Jeremiah chapter 11. Because the Lord revealed their plot to me, I knew it, for at that time he showed me what they were doing. I had been like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not realize that they had plotted against me, saying, let us destroy the tree and its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name be remembered no more. But O Lord Almighty, you who judge righteously and test the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them For to you, I have committed my cause. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We now will speak responsibly. Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life men without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. The epistle reading for today is from James chapter 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it, or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace, raise a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want you quarrel and fight, you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God? Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. The anthem will now be sung by the choir. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel, which today is from St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were, because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve disciples and said, If anyone wants to be first, He must be the very last, and the servant of all. He took a child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We will now sing... Number 689 from the hymnal.
0: Are you familiar with the term sophomoric? Sophomoric. It comes from two Greek words that have found their way into English parlance. Sophos, or wise, and moros, meaning foolish. Moros gives us our word moron. So someone who is a sophomore or sophomoric is a wise fool, or a wise moron, we might say. We even label the second year of high school with this term, sophomore. I know a few sophomores in this church. They're good people. But that title fits pretty well, right? Wise fool, wise moron. I've got an eighth grader who's already stuck in that sophomoric state. He's starting to figure out some things in this life, but oh my goodness, does he do some ridiculous, moronic things. Son, the milk can't be refrigerated if it's left sitting out on the counter. Son, you can't practice the trumpet while eating banana bread at the same time. son. You can't tell me that your room is clean when you've shoved everything to the corners. I can still see the mess, son." And here's the amazing thing, he he thinks he is wise. He thinks that he has the world figured out. And by and large, he is convinced that his parents know nothing. Our daily discussions portray his brilliance and his budding wisdom that is encased in this moronic facade. It's truly enough to make a parent go crazy. Maybe you've been there. And our fifth grader, she's here tonight, our fifth grader is no different. She's entered the tweener years which means that some days she acts with the drama of a teenager, and other days she acts like a four-year-old. And from moment to moment, even, we're never quite sure what to expect. And I remember when our kids were younger, it was the same story. Budding wisdom encased in this moronic facade. Some moments of brilliance. Some moments of absolute bewilderment. Wise little fools. And I remember when I was a kid. Oh man, do I remember. I thought I knew it all. I thought I had it all figured out. And I did some ridiculous things. Absurd things. What a clever little moron I was. I'm so glad that I've grown out of that. Except I haven't. Nope. I still do moronic things. I still have moments of complete immaturity. I still have a fixed mindset. I still want to think that I have things figured out. I even sometimes want to think that I'm pretty wise or pretty important. But the reality is most times, I have the sensibilities of a sophomore. And while in my sophomoric state, I probably shouldn't venture to assess the existential problems of the rest of the world, it seems to me that there's a lot of sophomoric or dare I say moronic behavior out there, right? The media, the politicians, the scientists, teachers, parents, even pastors. It's frightening, actually. We're all working to make the world a better place, and yet we can't get out of our own way. We keep acting like little children, sophomorically clamoring for greatness while acting like complete idiots. The disciples modeled this perfectly for us today. Jesus has just carved out this special time away from the crowds to teach his disciples. And the teaching that Jesus has for them is serious and profound. Jesus says, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. Jesus tells them point blank, I am going to be killed. And three days later, I am going to rise. And the disciples didn't get it. They didn't understand. And how could they, really? But what's more disappointing, maybe, is that right after this profound and serious teaching, <laughs> right, Jesus is telling them that he's going to be killed. Right after that profound and serious teaching, that Jesus is going to be killed, the disciples play this secret little game. Of who is the greatest. They sophomorically act like little children on a verbal playground, playing some verbal game of King of the Hill. It's too easy for us to be astonished by this progression. But there it is Jesus predicts his death, the disciples argue about who's the greatest. Jesus predicts his death. The disciples argue about who is the greatest. It is sophomoric at best and probably downright moronic. And here we see one of the most tender and loving depictions of Jesus in all of the gospel accounts. He takes a child, and he puts him in the midst of them, the disciples. And he takes that child up in his arms, and he says to them, whoever receives one such child receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Jesus takes a child, No doubt, a sticky, unruly, disobedient, sophomoric child. And he wraps his arms around this child. And he uses this child as the ultimate object lesson of the gospel. Jesus, the greatest. Jesus, true God, one with the Father. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus becomes least. Jesus, perfect wisdom, submits to the foolishness of humanity. Jesus takes on the frailty of human flesh. Jesus becomes a baby. Jesus brings the kingdom of God. Jesus is the one who makes the Father known to us. And ultimately, for all of this, Jesus is killed Crucified. He takes our sin and death, the sin and death of the whole world, to the cross. That's what he's teaching the disciples. When you piece it all together, it's incredibly profound. The disciples are acting like children. Jesus takes a child and sticks that child in the middle of them and makes that child, a figure of Jesus' greatness. The least will be the greatest. But even more, Jesus demonstrates his love for these sophomoric, lowly children or those who are acting like children. It is for them that he has come. It is for them that he would be crucified. It is for them that three days later, he would rise again. This is the gospel, and it extends even to you. You, you have acted like a child. You have acted like a sophomoric, clever little moron more times than you probably care to admit or count, and yet your loving Savior has redeemed you, has forgiven you. You have clamored for greatness only to find emptiness. Christ emptied himself for you so that you might be exalted. The double meaning of that child is amazing. Christ becomes a child for you. Christ sees you as the child with all of your childish shortcomings. And he wraps his arms of love around you. And he extends his love in mercy and death for you. And he reaches out an arm to you in resurrection. And this is the gospel that transforms every minute of our lives. It reshapes and it reforms us as God's people in this world. For one, it keeps us humble, right? It keeps us from thinking too much of ourselves. As God's children, redeemed by Christ and filled with His Spirit, we no longer live for ourselves, we no longer clamor for our own greatness. We live to exalt Christ and to make Christ known in this world. Our greatness is irrelevant. We revel in being Christ-like, precious children of God, wrapped in the loving and forgiving arms of our Savior. And it's in that grace and mercy that we extend our arms to the world. We see the world... Through God's fatherly eyes. We see our leaders, we see our teachers, we see our family, we see our neighbors, and we see them for the grubby, sophomoric children that they are. And yet, we don't scorn them or reproach them. We don't think of ourselves as better than others. We're the same clever little idiots loved and redeemed by our Savior. So our response to those people around us is one of love, a love demonstrated in forgiveness, in patient affection, in acts of mercy, the love of God for us, the love of God through us for the world. My children, They still drive me crazy, day after day. We'll see where I'm at next week, right? But I love them, and so does God. This world, it drives me crazy. But I love the people of this world, and so does God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God has so loved you, me, and this sophomoric world that he sent the greatest to become the least in order that we might be called children, children of God. In that love, let us love one another Amen.
1: Please stand. Let us now say the words of the Nicene Creed to express our common Christian faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, Who, with the father and the son together is worshiped and glorified who spoke by the prophets and i believe in one holy christian and apostolic church i acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins and i look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come amen you may be seated we will continue our worship through our offerings
0: eyes and body and spirit to pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all according to their needs. Lord, we ask you to forgive our childish preoccupation with earthly greatness and help us glorify you by serving others in your name. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, though you meet us in the midst of our childlike understanding, help us grow in knowledge of your word and your will in our commitment to live out our faith. Lord, in your mercy. Hear Heavenly Father, we pray for hearts that are humble, not proud, hands that serve, not grab, feet that run in the paths of your commands, not walk in the paths of wickedness, tongues that speak only truth, not falsehoods. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for peace, O Lord, peace in this world that loves weapons and war. Move the leaders of the nation to seek peace and pursue it, and move people of the nation to support them in their work. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, the maker of heaven and earth, we praise you for creating us in your own image and for gifting us with bodies which you have formed with your own hands. We praise you and join our voices with King David in confessing that you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Remind us that we are not an accident, nor formed by random chance, but your special creation, loved by you. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we pray your mercy on those who suffer, especially those who are sick in body, who are troubled in heart, and those downcast in spirit. Today we bring before you those who are ill or infirm or recovering from sickness, including Katie Moran, son-in-law of Emmy Johnson, Steve Drew, as he is hospitalized, and Rich Troikin, as he faces surgery this week Tuesday. Give them strength, Comfort, peace, and your healing touch. Lord, in your mercy. My oh God, we pray that you give your comfort and peace to those who are mourning the loss of loved ones, especially the family and loved ones of Vicki Francis, who died this past Thursday. May your sure promises give them hope and joy in the midst of pain and sadness. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Spirit, point us to the cross of Christ and give us your unending consolation and aid to live faith-filled lives. Stir our hearts and move us to be a people of God who not only hear the word, but do it. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to you, and thanks and It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh. And was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it. body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you in hope now and the promise of his return. Depart in his peace. Amen. We rise to pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same faith toward you, and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We sing together our closing hymn.